right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. It is a Wednesday episode of Sandos and the Sidekick, ever popular hump day as ETSU women's basketball and other just nail by. If you're an ETSU team, it is required that you must give people a heart attack when watching the game. Win or lose, you're going to make it interesting and entertaining. And women's basketball did that. Mike Gallagher was there. He talked to Coach Ezell pre, half, and post. So we'll uh, have him on in just a second to break that down for you. We will have a little bit later on uh, pros versus Jays. I wasn't able to make yeah. it Monday due to the, some weather and snow. And to be honest with you, uh, I don't want to hear bold predictions. So as the host of the show, I just said I'm not showing up, and I didn't. Thank you for thinking of others aside from yourself. That I made mean, more I, work I mean, for me. I might, okay. I might have made a snowman out uh, you know, with yeah. my kids in the snow. I bet you uh, actually, I made three of them uh, to mimic the kids. Uh, so that was entertaining. And uh, I got on the roof to clear off the satellite dish on Sunday so that I could watch football. Uh, and then again on Monday so that I can watch whatever I want to watch. Yeah. So priorities were there, Mike. Yeah. That, that I want to be beside you, listening to Jacob and you lie about uh, scores and make up results. Sure, sure, I didn't want to do that. But later on today, pros versus Jace, we didn't do that. We'll also have our mystery guest and then Trey Adams. Lord knows what he's come up with this week to, for a talking point of what we're going to talk about, so we'll talk to him a little later on too. But women's basketball over the mountain just south of here in Asheville, North Carolina, you were there. Yeah, and I'm not sure, depending on your perspective, that we could have picked a better or worse day to go and do our little experiment where we did pre-half and post-game interviews. Didn't get the chance to do the game of the radio, obviously, because the station had a conflict, game was rescheduled, just kind of, you know, one of those weird things where 48 hours can make all the difference in coverage and just some unfor- unforeseen circumstances with the snow. But uh, Coach Zell, you know, I give her credit. I tweeted about it last night. Um the fact that she came out for all three of those interviews, uh, I, I was a little surprised. And it's not because I don't think that Coach Zell is a woman of her word and is a very upstanding figure, good leader, all those things. But, uh, boy, I mean, any coach in that circumstance, it's difficult, to, especially at halftime, right? And, and that got a lot of traction on, on Twitter and a lot of people complimenting Coach Zell. Um, coaches jumping in and some uh, Alabama alums, et cetera, et cetera, on her honesty, or her forthrightness, not sugarcoating anything. Um, that halftime interview was going to be a tough one because the team scored 14 points in that first half. The uh, Bulldogs had more offensive rebounds. And ETSU had points. The Bucs had more turnovers than they had points. You know, the, the stats went on and on and on. And Coach Zell called on her team to be better and not be happy, not be complacent, not just feel like, you know, the game was over and be okay with how things were going. And they responded, had a big third quarter, and were right in it all throughout the fourth. And a crazy last 20 or so seconds. You have Erica Haynes-Overton and Kaya Upson, kind of some poor spacing on the right half of the floor right in front of ETSU's bench. And then Erica Haynes-Overton, you could hear in the post-game interview with Coach Zell, she was very unhappy with the call that Haynes-Overton used her forearm or extended that off arm to make some space as she was trapped in the corner. She's called for the offensive foul. That is her fifth. Uh, she fouls out. Only got a chance to play 25 I, minutes last night. I, I might have thrown an orange across the room. Okay. Yeah. All cards on the table. You're, real, was, you're, really, giving us a, you're really giving us a, a, a deep look into the life of Jay Sanders at home. I'm kind of enjoying this. You're on the roof. You're throwing oranges. It's great. Yeah, I, listen, I, I am all in. There are t- – well, I can't even tell you. Uh, I wish I could relive what I had in my hand when I threw it during volleyball, the end of the first set of the NCAA tournament. Mm. 
because I threw something then as well, and I can't remember what that was. But I did throw an orange. I was peeling an orange. Next thing you know, the orange bounced off the, the door. Uh, <laughs> then my wife tried to come downstairs, ask what the noise was. I blamed the kids like a good dad, and then I moved smart. on. Very smart. So you have the offensive foul call. Then, inexplicably, I'm not sure I've ever seen this, and ETSU has actually been the beneficiary of this twice now against Liberty. They had six people on the floor with a three-point game with like 15 seconds left, and ETSU had a chance to obviously come down, win it. Eric Haynes Overton, three from the right wing. No good after that uh, incredible turn of events. And, and then another of the same ilk, really, where UNC Asheville's inbounder steps on the line. And I don't know if it was the fact that it was ETSU's bench. Maybe she would have been more comfortable in front of her own bench where she's familiar with the surroundings and she's not afraid to take a couple steps back. But from my understanding, and you have been around Division One basketball a lot longer than I have, but... You can go as far back as you want. You obviously can't go as far forward as you want, but if you want to throw in the pass from, like, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but, you know, from the seats, you know, go ahead. Go 10, 15 the, feet back and throw it in. The only thing I've ever uh, late uh, in a similar situation was uh, there was a team, I think it was Lipscomb that ETSU played, in one of their many, many epic games that went into double and triple overtime over the years. One of their guys was on a spot throw-in, actually ran the baseline when he wasn't supposed to run uh, the baseline. Yep. So now that's different than what you're saying, but that's as close as I could come to seeing something like that where where somebody, I guess it's called an in and out, right, where you step over the line and this, that, and other. Because once you c- cross that line, you're in play, yeah. which makes the ball out of bounds. and so, that. so I have not seen that. The closest thing was I've seen a person run the baseline, uh, which was equally shocking that DeAndre Bernard wasn't called for one in the men's game where he ran the sideline, which there's no oh, – I've never there, seen that. No, no, that's <laughs> not even remotely a thing. And I and I can't believe the referee handed him the ball and never turned to look at him. And he went from the – where the corner and, and sideline meet on ETSU's bench basically to where the coach Forbes was and threw the ball. <laughs> Anthony Stewart, the head coach UT Martin's losing his mind, which I would too, for no violation call. But, no, I've not seen somebody step forward – and called for uh, uh, an out-of-bounds and an in-and-outs where ETSU got the ball back underneath the hoop. And this has just turned into a wacky season with these late-game things that have happened. ETSU's lost by 7-7-3-1 now in their last four losses. Obviously, they have the one victory against Appalachian State. But the last possession, you get the ball back, you're down by one, 56-55, and no Eric Haynes Overton, right? And so you got to drop something else. And from what Coach Zell said post game, someone ran the wrong play, just flat out ran the wrong play. And when things are going bad, they're going bad, right? And uh, Sadasia Tips, who is your center essentially, is 20 feet from the basket, throw it into her, and she's asked to kind of dribble drive. And that's not ideal, I don't think, to have your center uh, outside of an area she's comfortable, dribbles it off her leg, turns it over. And it's not even over from there, matter of fact. ETSU fouls, but they're not at the limit yet. So UNCA forced to have another inbound, but this one they execute successful. Just throw it down court, no timeouts left, seven-tenths of a second on the clock, and that wound it away. So, um, yeah, Coach Giselle is uh, not happy, uh, understandably so. But this team continues to, you know, fight and give forth um, I'm sure, you know, you heard the halftime interview where I tried to generate a little bit of optimism for Coach Zell and the team, and she just kind of was not about that, and she just was very honest and just said, look, it was terrible, you know. Um, but they're right in the game. You know, that's the type of game UNC Asheville plays. They're giving up 55 a game to teams. They gave up exactly 55. They scored one more than that. You know, it's not going to be flashy wins. But 1-11 uh, now, UNC Asheville is uh, improving to 5-3. and three. Uh, They're 5-0 and oh at home, 0-3 oh on the road, so kind of night and day with them. And, Move on to North Carolina A&T tomorrow. Yeah, another head-scratcher. You just feel like the woulda, shoulda, couldas, right? Yep. And uh, there are so many games that could have uh, flip-flopped for ETSU this season. On the women's side of things, they can't. You know, Again, can they learn? Can they grow? Are they going to be able to get some players back this time without five, I believe it was, five young ladies? Weren't, weren't. From what I understand, Raven Dean is expected back tomorrow, so that will be a plus. So uh, didn't have Dean, so Dean back. That's certainly going to give another uh, player that can score, right? They were they were missing some offensive yes. punch. I mean, whenever they get Mikey Sheets back, they get an outside shooter. Hopefully that opens the floor. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen. Just getting a few players uh, back, Jada Craig, defensively what she's able to do. Plus I can get Eric Haynes Overton off the ball some to, to see. So they're, they're, I'm just excited to get them all back on the floor, the question is when are they going to be back on the floor? I tell you offensively how uh, off schedule, I guess, that ETSU was in that first quarter. You know, they're depleted, of course, and so they're having to send Carly Litton on dribble drives and pull-ups from 15 feet. You know, she's a spot shooter. You know, Carly Litton really has her role on this team, and that is to 
run set plays off the ball, get free, and knock down the three. And she had a great night. You know, she uh, it's not a career best, but her best performance this season. Um, 13 points, led the team, and knocked down a few threes and a couple of big threes. And she was she was feeling it. We were right there courtside, and you, you could feel that she was every time she was going to catch the ball, she thought that thing was going down. But that's not her game, dribble driving. First quarter, you've got Erica Haynes over. She plays three minutes. Coach Zell takes her out, and she doesn't come back for the entire first quarter. Got rid of her mask because she played with a mask because of a fractured nose. So even the players that are in are, you know, beat up. And so she loses the mask at the end of the first half, scores four points after the mask is gone. And so you're like, oh, boy, here we go. Erica Haynes-Overton is back. But those first ten minutes, you know, you have Erica Haynes-Overton for three of them, and then she's sitting down for the next seven. And so what do you do? You know, you got no Raven Dean. You got no Eric Haynes Overton. You've got Micah Sheets on the bench. Shada Craig on the bench. Najee Stephanie on the bench. Shania Jackson on the bench. And so they were at the point, and Lexa Spears didn't have a good night. She only played eight minutes. And so you're at the point where, yeah, you're going to have to do some different type of things and put some people in some uncomfortable positions. And Carly Litton, credit to her. She did her best in that situation and had a good night. But certainly those first quarter struggles I don't think were any surprise considering the landscape. And we'll be able to break down uh, tomorrow. We'll have a preview of the women's game on Thursday against North Carolina A&T. That will be uh, back on the radio. Mike Gallagher will have that call for you, 6.30 air times. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Men's back in action Saturday at Illinois. I'll be on the road with them. That'll be a, um, I believe that's a 2 p.m. Or is that a 4 p.m.? I've already lost my train of thought. I think it's a 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time start 1:30 uh, pregame show 2 p.m. ETSU and Illinois doesn't matter. I'm gonna be on the team bus, so I'm not gonna miss the game regardless on, on when it is on Saturday. And then the men will be back in action uh, against uh, Wyoming in the uh, uh, Don Haskins Sun Bowl Classic that's going on in El Paso, Texas. So uh, tomorrow, a couple different things. We're gonna talk one. Joey Luce wrote an article on BustingBrackets.com where he ranked every headman's basketball coach from one to 351. So we'll talk about that. Where is head coach T. Forbes? Where are some of the rest of the Southern Conference coaches? Uh, I think I'll uh, just skip who we put 351. I'll, I'll save that coach uh, his, his time. Tease. I don't even know who Good it tease. is. But we'll uh, we'll skip him altogether. But we'll talk about uh, at least the coaches in the SOCON and at least what I find interesting about that. I'll be on tomorrow's show, plus we'll preview North Carolina A&T, plus we got Crazy Coach, then we got Four, four quarters. Downs. Four quarters. Sorry, I made the transition. Wasn't sure what's happening. Four quarters will be making its uh, debut uh, on tomorrow's show. Now, coming up in just a second, we got Pros versus Jays, the segment that he likes, I hate. Then we're going to get talk to our mystery guest, and then we'll have Trey Adams for a mystery segment or whatever it is that Trey does. So nice. we'll do that more right after this time. Out Santa's sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Dashing down the street with candles all aflame By car, by horse, by feet Hooray for holiday games Very small and bright A scratchable delight What fun it is to play and give Holiday games tonight Holiday games, holiday games Holiday instant games Oh, what fun they are to play Throughout the holidays Give the gift of holiday instant games Only from the Tennessee Lottery Game-changing fun Please play responsibly Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Every year, the family counts on you to make the holidays happen, so enjoying them yourself can sometimes be a struggle. Thankfully, Food City's here to help. Convenient services like curbside pickup, fresh-baked goods, in-house butchers, made-to-order deli trays, and more mean less time preparing and more time sharing. So go ahead, trim the tree, deck the halls, or dash through snow. Whatever your holiday traditions, make the most of them. Food City, how the holidays happen. Today and every day, the 
Johnson City way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Pros. Buckle up for Kobe Kobe Bryant just sucked the Germany out of the target center. What a play. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! In your life have you seen anything like that? In the deep left center for Mitchell. And we'll see you tomorrow night. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. In a year that has been so the impossible has happened. Edmonds hit 42 home runs during the regular season. And we are going to game seven in the National League Championship Series. out on the field. He's going to go into the end zone. He's going to be out of The Bears have won. The Bears have won. Versus Jays. I need a shower. Oh, laugh it up, Chuckles. Pros versus Jays. Before we get to the actual pros versus Jays today, this is what I'd like to call a specialty segment, right? Quote, unquote. We've got, like, Crazy Coach, Lando's Land, uh, you know, the others that we do. Four Quarters is kind of one of those. Whatever. But I want to go back to yesterday. I don't want to just gloss over the fact that it appears that Angry Man is holding the show hostage. <laughs> oh, yes. I don't understand. Does he have demands? Is, no, I, don't... I, mean, I mean, the ransom note was uh, – I mean, the ransom note's a strong word because he really didn't want anything. He basically uh, – I don't think Angry Man wants to admit that he has feelings mm. and that he's hurt uh, because he says it's anger. But I think he was hurt that we bumped him last week. Um, because we needed to. We had a lot of going on. It was a show stuff. I mean, we needed to – No, you're all Angry Man. And so he basically waited until we were waiting on him. A tray gets in my ear. Very clever. You know, and, and as we've talked about this before in QIFB, there's different terminology, but basically he talks to us in our ears, a producer does, and said, hey, uh, Anger Man's not down here. You know, we start the segment. And next thing I know, Courier walks in, hands me a note. Like, what is this? And then Angry Man in all caps basically typed out that uh, he wanted us to fill his anger uh, that he wasn't on last week by him not being on this week. And uh, I just, uh, you know, we just went to break. I mean, I, I don't know what else he wanted. The, sh- the show was shorter. and uh, Which is probably better for everyone. Yeah, I mean, fact. you didn't I have mean, to deal with that. Then, your then time. we got into the top 25, which was an absurdly long segment because me and you just wouldn't let Trey get through it. And that's, that's fine. True. That's, true. that's what we do. Yeah. So, uh, but that's Angry Man, so I don't know. Huh. And and, and uh, he basically realizes there's no more shows. This is the last full week of shows. Right. And he did send, uh, you know, hey, I'll see you next year. He did, okay. So, so. He, he did give us – he didn't give us a happy holiday. Yeah. He didn't give us a Merry Christmas. Right. He just said – I'll see you next year. Because I had stepped away at that point. I, I had run to the bathroom between segments. Well, and I come back and it's that quick. It's over. I'm right, just like, right. well, and well, what happened? And what's funny about it was he actually wrote in there that uh, don't even cut your mic on sidekick, which oh, was okay. funny because well, I didn't have to. Right. Um, huh. you, you weren't there to do it. What does it, he have so. against me? What did I ever do to him? Uh, I think I think you challenge yeah. angry man's anger. Oh, okay. And, and you know, you, you try to rationalize some things. But in the same token, you also bring up valid points that get him even more fired up. So I don't know why he wouldn't appreciate that side of it. Right. Again, it's but a very cathartic segment for him. Right. Very short memory. So now we're supposed to sit and marinate on this for the three weeks of the holiday season. Yeah, clearly and, I'm torn up, right? Yeah, well, right. And so are, are we then expected to present an apology when he's back on the show or, or – is he just taking no. it? I, like, no, okay, okay. I just want to make sure that I'm not apologizing for anything. Look, I mean, when the show has a ton of things going on, when there's a lot of storylines to cover, you don't want to be angry all the time. You know, I, I, one segment a week is plenty of anger, and sometimes it's too much. So I, I just wanted to go back to that because it was a very 
perplexing happening on the show that uh, I wanted to make sure I had a little bit of attention here today as well. Uh, speaking of attention, mm-hmm. pros versus Jays garners a ton of it, and broadcasters, when they, you get to a certain level, also garner uh, lots of attention and become talking points of their own, right? Uh, I think that Jason Witten, you know, local product, he's one that has garnered lots of negative attention for his performances on Monday Night Football. Tony Romo, his teammate for a long time, which I think is hurting Jason Witten now in his current role, uh, he garnered a lot of positive attention when he went into the booth last year with Jim Nance. and So you get to that type of level, and all of a sudden, boom, uh, you are now the topic of conversation instead of conversating on certain topics. Now, HBO Boxing has been an institution for, boy, 45, 50, whenever HBO became a thing. Boy, it definitely wasn't 50 years ago. TV was invented like 50 years ago or somewhere around there. Uh, but when whenever HBO became a thing and they started doing their boxing coverage, there's a man that stepped into the spotlight as the voice of HBO Boxing. And coming to an end is that institution of HBO Boxing as of January 1st. They're folding. They're no longer doing boxing. And a man that covered Olympics and did many, many high-level things before he took the HBO boxing position, Jim Lampley, Mm -hmm. signed off for the final time. And we've talked about this on the show a number of times now over the last uh, few weeks about how you're very much the stoic, even, you know, not going to go too high or too low on anything. I'm very much the guy that gets wrapped up in the emotion of things. And Jim Lampley got me his last sign-off on Pros vs. Jays. Larry Merchant. Who defined the art of being Larry Merchant. Ray Leonard, George Foreman, Lennox Lewis, Andre Ward, Bernard Hopkins, and Gil Clancy, who all sat in Roy Jones's chair at one time or another. And four names who have already exited this life, but whose very mention within our family still elicit tears. A handheld cameraman named Gordy Sager, an audio man, <coughs> excuse me, named Paul Hoggat. The great Emanuel Stewart, whom both Roy and Max have already mentioned, still our soulful conscience here, and Artie Curry, our invisible link to the lives of the fighters. There are dozens of other names which belong here, but time now intervenes. And with that said, at the end of the day, this family was also a business. And every business has an organic beginning and a natural, inevitable end. Here at HBO Boxing, the end has come. We thank you for watching. We urge you to turn elsewhere to continue your support of this purest and most human of all competitive sports. And most of all, we thank the people who poured forth their bodies and their souls to write our 45-year history in the ring. The fighters, they are uniquely precious. And the life lessons they provided for us are timeless and indispensable. And here now, for your memories, is the indelible evidence. And so then they went into a kind of pre-produced segment where it just showed the great moments that HBO Boxing covered over um, what turned out 30 years, from 1988 to 2018. And where are you from again? Where am I from? Yeah. Many places. Your hometown. What, I claim my hometown? Yeah. I lived in nine states. Uh-huh. So hometown. I'm going to go with Hendersonville, North Carolina. You and Jim Lampley. Hendersonville, North Carolina. So there's the connection. Mm. Jim Lampley from Hendersonville as well, 69 years old. And uh, there's a lot to unpack. Uh, but yes, yeah, yeah, Jim Lampley and, and yourself. Uh, you do have one thing in common, uh, at the very least. Well, um, no, well, no. I actually thought I was the best broadcaster out of Hendersonville, North Carolina. Uh, now I'm, I'm quickly falling down. <laughs> him and Ben Wright used to cover women's golf. But anyways, I particularly think with Jim Lampley, and I don't think he's someone that gets a lot of attention on the broadcasting scene simply because he is is in his own niche, and HBO is just not a network that is in as many households as some of the cable network type, you know, not ESPN, it's not Fox Sports, it's not whatever you want to turn to, and it's not even some of the the internet outlets now that are um, covering, and and HBO, and boxing, quite honestly, has, has fallen down the totem pole since Jim Lampley took over uh, that beat 30 years ago after he uh, just did some work on the Olympics and, again, a lot of the stuff that he did. But uh, I think he's as good as it gets when it comes to doing one sport. Now, Mike Tirico, I get, does you know five, six different sports and is maybe a bit more um, versatile or at least the fact that he does a lot of – Jim Lampley may be as good at all those sports as well, just doesn't do them. I know Al Michaels has been you know fantastic for years and years and Costas and all these guys that come to mind when you think best broadcasters. I, I think Jim Lampley was second to none in terms of a one-sport beat, and he was – 
HBO boxing. And now it won't surprise you, Jay, that being the stoic, even-keeled guy that you tend to be, that does not reach the highs or the lows or get wrapped up in the moment a whole lot. I was not able to find a moment of Jay Sandoz crying on the air. And that was tough to me. I poured now, through the funny. archives. I got a Don Hillman. I got a Don Hillman breaking down on Eric in a game. Oh, you could have had Don on. Okay. Uh, when the women went to the tournament, he had to pause. It was in uh, he, his voice cracks. He goes, "This is it's emotional." But the whole clip. Now I've cut out the small. Clip, I think we but the have whole, that. The whole the whole <laughs> clip is there, and and and, in, and then he's getting ready to to shed a tear, and he, and he kind of pulls it together with a, <clears throat> oh boy, yeah. uh, this, this is emotional moment. Yeah, I tell you what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I've got dog. <laughs> but the closest thing to it was when John Stevens signed up, and John worked with me for God, seven, seven eight years, and mm. uh, John signed off. Just like a, a pro would. I mean, just uh, for a lot of fans around here, they were John Ward fans because of Tennessee and all that. And and when John signed off, was like the national championship. So he won football. It was his last football. Now, his last broadcast was actually basketball. But his last football, they had asked him what he was going to do and say. He says, I'm going to sign off like I did the rest of my career. And, yeah. and he just did it. And John Stevens did, did the same thing. And so I put together – sort of a, a note to John the next show saying that, hey, people probably didn't realize that John had been with us for almost eight years. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, he was a huge part of how the network built and grew. And then I did an ode to him and basically said, John wouldn't do this, so here's some of be- John's best. Here's this, that, and other. And then he signed off like a pro would as professional as anything else, and I played his, his outro again. I don't think – I think maybe the only time I was close was the first game we played – uh, was uh, after Seth Coy died. And, and so our first basketball game, they had his parents out there. Uh, the, the team was out there. They, they were unveiling some things. And so in sports, uh, there, there's not – it's tough in radio to do a, a moment of silence, but there's a lot of times where people will, will pick uh, – for Seth, it was 43. That was his number. So we did 43 seconds. So we just ran ambient noise from the opening tap, and it wasn't game 43 seconds, but actual 43 seconds – and we just had the crowd mic on, and that was sort of our ode to him uh, in there. And so we've done that for, for others. The problem is that, you know, and, and somebody asked me about maybe for Alvin, uh, you know, Alvin War 10, would I do the first 10 seconds? And Seth was a current player, and, and there are so many former Bucks that just in a season, I mean, I, where do I draw the line, right? Right. But if a, if a current player, again, I hope we never have to go through that, but yeah. if a current player were to pass uh, during their time, and it, granted it was summer, not during an actual season, but he was on the team. He's going to be an upcoming sophomore and more than likely was going to be a starter. And so I think if we run into that again, we would do something like that on the network. That was probably the closest on, on air. Um, the pregame show, Alabama, 2005, I'd found out two hours earlier my grandmother passed away, and I was in Tuscaloosa. So that was that was tough. I think I cried in between breaks. Mm. Uh, and then other than that, uh, even even saying something about my mom and all that, I've been, been able to hold that yeah. all together. But, yeah, those are the times I could think of. And, you know, the other thing is I, I, I wonder, I, I'm thinking, would I be able to um, – uh, Mr. gets a text right now, so we'll have to go in just a second. But uh, I, I'm wondering, 17 years here at ETSU, but I grew up a fan of ETSU. My dad took me to games as a kid. You know, I was able to to apply to one university. You know, this is the, the school I grew up pulling for. You right. know, I watched FCS, 1AA football. It was my, so I often wonder when the time comes in my final broadcast ETSU, will I be Jim Lampley where I'm trying to hold it together? Right. And not be able to, my guess is that's probably what's going to happen. I'm going to try to hold it together, but probably won't be able to hold it together. Now, Jim did a phenomenal job because because also you could tell not that they lose people off that, but they meant something to him. And so yeah. that, that, that's he was what, more passionate about oh, that sport yeah. than anyone's been about a sporting broadcast, at least from what I've seen. And HBO Boxing is what made me fall in love with the sport of boxing. And I, I still watch, you know, most big fights. And uh, Lampley is the one that really got me into that. When I heard him call fights, I was like, man, that is just – and he says, you know, if this is the end of my on-air career, then so be it. So that was also not only HBO Boxing going away, but with it, perhaps one of the best that did it. So I had to pull that from Jim Lampley. Well, since he doesn't have anything to do, we need to get him on the show. That's our, that's our next goal. Let's talk about he Hendersonville. Let's talk I, about Hindu, I think, baby. I think he might have a few other competing networks and shows going after him, but I do like where your head's at. Ah, we'll get him on at some point in time. All right, that's uh, Pros versus Jays, our mystery guest on this side of this timeout. We'll step aside for a word from the Buccaneers Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated healthcare system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, 
We are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics. Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Nothing says breakfast like maple syrup. And nothing says breakfast any time of day like Wendy's new bacon maple chicken sandwich. Applewood smoked bacon, juicy chicken, sweet maple glaze on a croissant bun. It gives you all the great breakfast flavors when you're awake enough to enjoy them. So stop by Wendy's and enjoy the bacon maple chicken sandwich whenever you want. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types designed with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. The ETSU Coaches Show, back on Mondays for the basketball season. After leading their teams to the Southern Conference Championship game last year, Steve Forbes and Brittany Izell return to Wild Wing Cafe every Monday night to chat with Voice of the Bucks' Jay Sandos about the quest to get their squads to the NCAA tournament. Every Monday through early March, make sure to tune in at 6 p.m. to hear from the heads of ETSU men's and women's basketball right here on WXSM AM 640, the Extreme Sports Monster. Trump, Trudeau, Trick Daddy, Tram, the insult comic dog. Who's next? I don't know what's gonna happen. The secrets. Sandos and the sidekick. Two mystery guests in one week. How about that? Uh, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, Sandos, and the sidekick. You heard the bumper. It's mystery guest time. And I got to be honest, Mike, I went straight fanboy on this one. Okay, but a great ETSU tie-in and uh, uh, a good friend over the years. He's joined us now. He's getting ready for uh, his women's basketball game coming up at Lee's McRae. So if you don't know by now, it's Keith, Mr. Jennings. And, Keith, I appreciate you taking the time. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good, Jay. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, man, uh, I'll tell you this, and I'll get into some of the annoying things I used to do to Keith when he did his uh, uh, came back to ETSU, get his degree, and trust me, there were many of annoying <laughs> things. But uh, before we get into some of the good fun stories, and this is a lively segment where we just try to have a little bit of fun, but uh, we do have to bring up that we had a great uh, tragic loss, uh, someone way too young to go, and someone that was your teammate. He was a, a friend of the show, actually. Uh, we didn't have a show, but he was a, a texter friend. And so he would text messages back and forth. He really loved ETSU. Talk about your former teammate, Alvin Junebug West. Yeah, I mean, it still seems so unreal, you know, that he's, you know, in a better place right now. You know, anytime when we get together as Buck Brothers and, you know, we realize, you know, like the game, like, you know, we're celebrating his, you know, his memory. 
it still is, you know, it's still kind of tough, but, you know, East State gets easier. You know, um, Alvin, you know, I played with a lot of great players at East Tennessee State, but, you know, Alvin was probably my favorite guy to compete with. You know, we, we developed a bond early in our friendship relationship when we were playing as freshmen. Um, you know, many times on the court, man, just battling with that guy, he made me better. You know, somebody that's six two, six three, and strong, and talk a lot of trash all the time. <laughs> he just uh, just brought the best out in me, man. And you know, it was when I when we got the news, it was just very, very, uh, very tough for all of us. But you know, you know, God ain't gonna put us through nothing we can't handle. And you know, we just memory lives on to us. And you know, I'm glad East Tennessee. Uh, celebrated his life and I'm glad they won that game for him and I just look forward to East Tennessee continuing to do good stuff and uh, keep remembering Alvin West. And, and Alvin, you and I think uh, uh, Greg Dennis, right? Y'all are all the part of the same freshman class? Yeah, Alvin, Major, Mike Woods and Greg, we all came in together. Talk about, did you guys know each other or, uh, you know, today's world, social media and Twitter and all that, guys can keep up with who's being recruited and kind of recruit each other. How did that work as you guys were being recruited to come to ETSU? Well, I mean, for the guys that were in North Carolina, which were major, Mike and Alvin, they had went to the same, like, five-star camp or they had been to some camps together. So they, it was ironic that we, that those three ended up at East Tennessee State when they were, you know, I think they played on an all-star game together. And then Greg was from West Virginia and I was from Virginia. So I, I didn't meet those guys until I met Alvin on a visit. And I think we bonded on that little visit. But then once we all got to uh, campus the first day, that was the first time I really met everyone. And, you know, like I say, here we are 30-something years later and we still tight as ever. Yeah, and, and, and I thought uh, just uh, – now, you you weren't there for a shoot-around, but uh, Alvin's dad got a chance to speak to the team. He talked about the family and the bond that you guys have, and he hoped that that carried on through them. Also noticed that the game of horse got real competitive uh, between Major, Calvin, Greg Dennis. And so e- even 30 years later, ain't nobody giving an inch to the other guy. Nah, nah, and the only reason it was competitive is because I wasn't there. They know <laughs> who the shooting champion is. I go to all of their states, and I go to all of their gyms if they're coaching, and I shoot them out in their gym. So, yeah, I would expect it to be a little bit more competitive since I wasn't there. <laughs> uh, we're talking to our Mr. guest, Keith Mr. Jenny. really doesn't need a lot of introduction. And uh, Keith, let's talk about uh, the Bucks back in the Southern Conference. One of the biggest things in the Southern Conference we hear about is what Coach Forbes has coined Johnson City South, which is playing in Asheville, something that was obviously near and dear to your guys' hearts because you went there and won a lot of championships. Coach Forbes, his team's gone to three state. But just talk about what it was like uh, for you to go across to uh, really Asheville. And it, I used to argue there were three colors, and two of them were blue and gold. You were either Chattanooga, <laughs> right, ETSU, or it was Marshall. Marshall used to have a good following. But other than that, that was the only three colors you saw in the building. Yes, uh, you know, Asheville was uh, will always have a special place in my heart. You know, it it taught us a lot about the game of basketball. And you know, when I think back to our sophomore year when we won it the first time, that was like a, a great a great feeling. But at the same time, it didn't last long because you had a lot of smart guys on that team that understood that you know you go from being the hunter to the hunted and we understood that and I think that next year when we went back down there I mean it was some of the little details that we paid attention to like the first time when we went when we were freshmen we didn't understand that you need to pack for three days if you plan on being there for the tournament and then for the championship and we and we learned that that next year and so when we won it you know we all of a sudden knew we were like okay we got to be ready to go down there for three days of basketball again you know and now we got to defend the championship and once we did it once we defended the championship we realized you know we know what it takes to do this again and it's fortunate when it happens at an early stage in your career and that was one of the things that happened for us and then one of the big differences with our team is we were so unselfish 
and it, we didn't care who scored because we all found a way to score, which is what really makes a lot of people happy. You know, a lot of players, you know, playing time and scoring <laughs> that seemed to get the headlines. So a lot of the a lot of the players really enjoy that. But with us, it was just about winning. It was about competing every day in practice. Like I said, you know, our practices I felt like were harder than playing in some of the games, some of the teams that we played. So it was it was kind of like you know a, a nice little walkthrough before we really got ready to play. So, Asheville, definitely a special time, and I wish the Bucks the best of luck when they get back down there. Mister, a lot of headlines uh, lately because Furman's in the top 25 the last, yeah, last time. Well, <laughs> and they are looking really good, especially uh, they'll beat two Final Four teams. They've got LSU coming up soon, then they'll be inside Freedom Hall. they got a shot of being 13-0 or 12-1. and uh, the tie-in there is the last time the Bucks were ranked in the top 25, or actually top 10 team, they played Furman. So uh, they're, the only other team in between there, I think, was Davidson and Steph Curry. What was it like? You played on a top 25 team. What was it like for you and ETSU back then to look at that? Eight, not the mid-major poll because it didn't even exist then, but to look at the actual paper, and there's your name in that top 25 with all the uh, blue bloods. Oh, man. That was uh... – you know, like you say, as a, as a basketball player and a competitor, you want to be recognized with the best. And, you know, I think that was the mentality mentality that we had at East 10. And, uh, you know, when we slowly started seeing how it was going for not no one knowing who we were to all of a sudden receiving votes, and then all of a sudden you crack the top 25, then all of a sudden you crack the top 20, and then next thing you know, you're very close to cracking the top 10, I mean, it was. I mean, it was a wonderful ride, you know. And and what it did was, of course, everybody started giving us a little bit more respect. But I think that made them want to beat us a whole lot more because we went into some tough places that they probably are used to being ranked. Like when we went to Cincinnati, and Bob Huggins was there, and you know, Cincinnati's used to being ranked, and now you got little East Tennessee State coming in there, and we ended up beating them at their place. And, you know, it was just a good feeling, man. That, that top 25 recognition was something that, you know, when it came to recruiting anybody that came in to visit, we was proud to say that. You know what I'm saying? You need to join us. You know, we, we headed in the right direction here. So I kind of got a good idea what Furman is going through. And, you know, uh, you're right. Right when we could have moved up into the top ten, they did knock us off. And, you know, if, if East Tennessee gets the chance to get some revenge for me, I would be so delighted. <laughs> well, mister, I tell the story all the time. I remember throwing my plastic ball at Derek Waugh, who was one of their forwards, uh, who used to be the uh, the head coach at Stetson, we Atlantic Sun, and we used to laugh about that, uh, the fact that, that, that he was known for, for talking trash. He also told a great story that his worst basketball moment was he tried to take a charge uh, from I think it was Trezell Silvers, and Silvers not only dunked it, but then stepped on him after it. It was like it was like the greatest insult. Here I am trying to six <laughs> eight guy trying to take a charge. The guy dunks on me, steps on me. It was, it was brutal. But there was a lot of that going on in your day. Let's talk about. Uh, Mr. Jennings, our uh, mystery guest here on Santa's Sidekick. Clearly, I'm fanboying, and Mike's just letting me go with it. But, uh, uh, Keith, talk about stuff off the floor. I think everyone is very familiar with what type of player, name Smith Award winner, you guys top 25, four straight trips. But talk about uh, some of the stuff off the floor that you remember the most about ETSU that some of our fans can get a glimpse of what it was like to, to play back then. Well, you know, right when I right – a um, couple – a couple years ago, well, not a couple years ago, but like early 2000 when I wrote a book about my basketball story, you know, and of course East Tennessee has a, a huge part in that story, you know, it got me thinking, you know, uh, how many how many players have won like four straight tournament titles, and I know I played with three of them, Greg, Marty, and Calvin, so it kind of gave me an idea to put together like a little docu documentary movie about those times that we spent together, considering that we're still so close to this day, so Hopefully sometime, I would say next year, maybe before March Madness, uh, the fans from Johnson City that really supported us through those times, I mean, it was it was incredible. I was just talking to Coach Morrow the other day at how during the weekdays we could still get maybe 6,000, 7,000 people in the Dome. And, you know, it was something about those fans that connected with us that they really wanted to come out and support us. So my plan was to put this little movie together and, one of these days, short in Johnson City, and it's it's kind of like my way and my Buck Brothers' ways of saying thank you, because you know, as as players, you never really get a chance to say thank you to the fans that supported you and cheered you on your whole time there. 
And to be able to do, have this opportunity on this different type of platform to say thank you is something that I've always looked forward to. So, you know, it just this tells you how happy we were about the game of basketball together as young men. You know, it, it taught us about life. Uh, it taught us about love. I mean, the love that we have for each other is just it's amazing. You know, we all got this, like, little group chat where we you know we're talking to each other basically almost every day you know i don't i don't know how many teams continue to do that after after the fact but i know one team that does and that's us and you know i just look forward to sharing our story a little bit more and you know the things that you know that the program has has evolved into right now it just makes us feel really good about representing east tennessee state Mister, you're you're coaching up at Lee's McRae, and I'll let you go in just a second because I know you're getting ready for a game tonight. But uh, how, what I'm impressed with is how much that your team still keeps up with uh, ETSU, the current teams, the current players, and the the effort that if we're near there, and just for an example, I think we played uh, a couple of years ago, I think we played uh, Moorhead State, and because it wasn't that far of a drive, Greg Dennis drove over, you know, and I know we played in right. Charlotte, North Carolina, and a couple of your former teammates live near there, so they, they made a trip over. So I've always been impressed with how engaged, and including Alvin West, who used to send not just messages to the men's team, but to the women's team as well. That's how engaged he was with ETSU Athletics. I'm amazed with how tight you guys still are and still keeping up with your alma mater and trying to pull them and and send little messages to players in good and bad times. Oh, yes, no doubt. I mean, we're always looking to try to give these young guys some knowledge, some things that we went through that they're about to go through. Um, you know, my guys have come up here to watch and stay with me and come and watch my girls' team play and speak to my girls just to let them know that, you know, it's life after basketball. You got people that can, you know, that are teammates that at one point, at some point in their life could help you in your life. Uh, I mean, like, for instance, you know, Greg is my financial advisor. And, you know, that's something I never thought of when we were playing together as basketball teammates. But then, you know, you go through life and you understand what people do and, you know, you got to circle yourself with people you trust and what, uh, what better person could I ask to make sure I'm you know financially straight than one of my guys that I went to war with so you know it, it, it is a blessing man it's, it's a blessing that we're still so tight you know I, I'm sure Alvin's situation shook us to the core but as, as teammates man we've been able to lean on each other and help each other get through it and you know like you said earlier about his dad man his dad and mom they were always special to us they always looked out for us when they could, and, you know, it was it was great seeing them at the game, and, you know, I, I can't imagine how much pain they continue to go through, but strong, strong people they are, man. They, they give us the confidence to keep moving forward, too. So, I mean, I, I can't think of, you know, not one bad thing to say about Johnson City or East Tennessee State, man. It's just been a blessing to be a part of it, and that's what tradition does, man. If you really got tradition at your school, you're going to always reach back to the younger people and try to give them some advice and try to help steer them in the right direction, and hopefully they won't make some of the mistakes that you made when you were coming through, but being able to share that knowledge with them is something I really take seriously. Well, I could talk to you for at least a couple more hours. Uh, unfortunately, we, we, we're short on time. you got to prepare for a game. I didn't get a chance to uh, bring up the plane. Did, do you remember this? Because I've, I've told this story before. Do you remember the plane ride we took to Hawaii? Because you were on the 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 weird trip, right, where we went to, uh, was it Syracuse, yeah. right? And then it was the Nor'easter, and we missed a plane. We get Salt Lake City. And we, we all sit down and order food. And they're like, no, 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 you only got 20 minutes to get on this extra flight to get to Hawaii. We've been up like 20-some hours. And right. I, I, I traded seats with Brett Lewis, our trainer, uh, so I could sit next to you. And uh, all you wanted to do was sleep. But I spent six hours asking you every ETSU question I ever wanted to ask. And and you said you weren't mad at the I time. That. I do remember that, Jay. We was chatting. That was a tiring, and I wasn't even playing at that time. You know, I'm just back getting my degree and just trying to, you know, have some fun. But at the same time, uh, you know, you the voice, man. I mean, if I was a little rude, I apologize. No, but, you no. know, I always enjoy kicking with you and chatting with you, man. It was, it was hey. always a cool time. But my favorite was that was completely every question I want to ask you in my life, from not just ETSU but <laughs> NBA. The, the funny part was you finally looked at me and you were like, Is, was that it? And I'm like, yes. And you put on your headphones and then the, the awful <laughs> news of uh, you had to turn off your electronic devices because we were about to land. <laughs> All right. I'll let you go. All right, Keith, I appreciate I do, it, buddy. I do remember that. That was, that's funny. That's funny, man. I'm glad you put that back up.
jarred my memory a little bit. Ah, well, the good news is I don't have any more questions, so I'll let you go. That's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Anytime, man. You know, anytime, Jay, and love chatting with you, man. And hopefully next time I come up to catch a game, you know, we can sit down and chat some more. Absolutely. All right, Keith, appreciate it. That's Keith, Mr. Jennings. Thank you, Keith. Hey, yep, take care, man. Peace. All right, that was Keith Jennings. Uh, all right. What do you got? I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Should we go to break? So you can. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Let's do that. And who's uh, Trey? Uh, Trey's got something. Trey's, Trey's got to end the show. Follow Top that, that up. Trey. Yeah, follow that up, Trey. Top That's that, Trey. Be, We're back after this. Southern Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets, high-performance gas ranges, or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory-smoked barbecues, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were. This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway, he scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye for all your printing needs. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks, but we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, Renewed Promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. I just want to make sure people know that you not being an emotional person, as we've said, that's yeah. about the happy. You don't show yeah. outward happiness often. That's about the happiest I have seen you in the 18 or so oh, months that I've been here. I enjoy, that was incredible. I enjoy. I enjoy talking to Mister. I can't wait. I, there's a couple other guys on that team. I'm, I'm efforting. There's also a couple guys that played that are equally entertaining. That played. Uh, well, I don't want to give what. Well, I can give errors. So that way, you know. Uh, a couple of them on the first couple teams with the Chellis that, that started to turn around things after it kind of gone south. Then uh, a couple of uh, tournament teams, the Chellis slash Bartow. Uh, then a couple of guys that had NCAA tournament uh, appearances with Bartow. So. Uh, I'm efforting as we speak some of those guys. And I think I'll say this, and I'll go ahead and name drop, but if I can get Kevin Tiggs on, there is not a person that will make anybody happier than to hear Kevin Tiggs. And his life story is one that would make people cringe. And I remember somebody asking him one time after they heard his life story, and they said, how in the world 
do you always smile and laugh and come to the gym that way every day? And he looked at somebody and he said, because I choose to live my life this way. I could be miserable or I can live life and be thankful for being here right now. And I thought that was the greatest thing I'd heard from a young man. And, again, if you'd heard his story, it's very unbelievable uh, some of the things that he had to go through to get to where he is uh, and was and is in life. Uh, I think Zakiwa Dude's story is equally uh, as compelling. Now, Zakiwa's a reserved guy. You see him. He's one of those guys on the basketball floor. Like, he turned it on. It was a lot of emotion. And then when he walked off the court, you could probably have a better conversation with a chair sometimes. I mean, like, he just he just didn't give you a lot. And I'm not saying he's not a good person, but he just – he. He wasn't really an outgoing person uh, as far as that goes, but a great guy and unbelievable player. If I get Kevin Tiggs on, I think you may see me more excited because he, he just brings everything more lively. But uh, that was fanboy in me. You saw fanboy Jay right there. Go at it. So, Trey, I've been here 18 months and never seen Jay happier than at the end of that conversation getting to talk with our mystery guest for 20 or so minutes, Mr. Jennings. Now you have the unenviable task of trying to make Jay happier than he just was, and I'm excited to see what you've come up with. Certainly you are the massive underdog in this case. Well, if he says two words, Notre and Dame, I'm going to throw <laughs> the headset playoff. and walking out. Okay, if I hear that, Notre Dame or college football playoffs, I'm throwing this thing off. Now, this is like the 42-1 uh, to 1 documentary I was talking about last night. <laughs> yes, Mike Tyson just came in. Oh, now, Buster, Buster, Buster Douglas. Doug, well, Buster Douglas did yeah, come right. out I, I mean, there, if, so. if you, you did pick a good analogy because yeah. you're saying there's a shot. So you're saying you're going to pull the greatest upset in the history of a sport right now, Absolutely. or in the history of podcasting, I guess, in our case. Absolutely what are we no chance. But okay. <laughs> let's play a game. How okay. well do you know Trey Adams? Oh, all right. I'm excited for <laughs> hey, this. Let me say this. That's a good start. <laughs> I'm kind of scared where this okay. may be going, but how, I'm excited too. How, how well – oh, I love this. I'm like, I got a notepad out. All right. Okay. Yes. All right. So it's four simple questions, you know, not, nothing, too, nothing too extraneous. So we're going to start with the simple question. My favorite color. Go. Oh, man. Red and white. Got to be just like. Like where's Waldo? Red and white. Garbage. Just, I've seen him in the sweater. It's, it's red and white. I think it's gutter water brown. <laughs> gutter water brown. Man. Oh, the shot's already coming. No, no, no. Both of you, thanks for playing. It is black. Wow, really? Black. Wow. Isn't black the absence of color or is that white? I think black is the absence of color. I have a, uh, I kind of feel like we need the um, – the Family Feud buzzer there or something, right? Like, yes. <laughs> All, right. All right, that was a great first question, though. Okay. Uh, favorite music genre. Now, keep in mind, we've talked about this on the show before. Favorite <sighs> musical genre. Oh, we have talked about it on the show before. Oh. Anything by Conway Twitty. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I thought it was like uh, late 90s, early 2000s rock. Oh. I'm gonna. I think he's a gearhead. I think he's a closet heavy metal fan. Oh man, going like Pantera, you know, and <laughs> Lamb of God. Yeah, yeah. I think he's. I think he's a metalhead. Little That's Slipknot. Both of you are correct. Both yes! of you are correct. Uh, there, yes! there was a phase in middle school. I grew my hair out extremely long. Listened to. Do you have where pictures? are those photos? Do you have pictures? Where is that? You need that. I, I have a photo. I will give it to you. Can you play the smartest man alive? We got that. I feel like we deserve that. <laughs> yeah, right? That was pretty impressive. I thought. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah yes. I feel like we deserve that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yes. So we're one for two. I think gutter water brown was pretty close to black. So I'm gonna give myself two for two. That, that's fair. That's fair. All right. All right. If you know my favorite color is black. Favorite and least favorite season, kind of staying in the same kind of realm. I'll give. You well, I I, I feel like I feel like you would melt in summer. Like I just feel like <laughs> you would just literally melt away in summer. But you seem your bones are too brittle for the winter. That's so I'm going to go. Fall is your favorite, and summer is the least. I'm going to go. Winter is favorite, and summer is least. Thanks for playing both of you wrong again. Summer. Favorite season, winter, least really? favorite season. Yes, sir. Yes, is it because sir. the brittle bones? 
Oh, wait, did I say winter is favorite? Yes, yes winter you did. is favorite. Oh, I totally was going to answer the right way. It's like the Buffalo-Nevada thing. I'm, I'm off this week. I was going to say winter because you said, well, no, you said black's your favorite color. So, yeah, no, that would make sense that winter's your favorite. No, so I said it the right way. I think you're yeah, wrong in this trip. Yes, I don't no, know no, what no, no, Trey no, was. No, 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 I know, I know what my favorite <laughs> I know my favorite is. season, allegedly. I know. Yes. Uh, okay, well, we're one Well, you set it up with black. No, that's yeah. that was false. Exactly. I mean, like you threw the black out there. Yeah, that's oh, I, I, well, For the record, I'm a fan you're of this segment. You're throwing I'm a fan of this segment. That's good so far. shocking. Well, the, uh, well, my explanation was I like black because I'm built like a Ticonderoga pencil, so my bones are brittle and I get cold easily. So I have a black jacket. It keeps me warm. I have a black car. It keeps me me warm, you know, and in summer I like warm, and I hate wintertime. Okay, this segment has taken a massive turn for the worst. Well, I thought that that was going well, and then you just you're like then, he traded. You? then he traded. Then he traded. All right, what's my one? explanation? Come okay, on. so Come on. and fourth and final one favorite NCAA tournament run. I'll give you a hint. It came between the years of 2005 and 2010. George Fa- Mason favorite NCAA tournament run. I'm gonna go Butler. Mike Davidson. Gallagher, correct. Oh, it was George Mason. Ah, I know Trey better than you. I know Trey better than Jay. One of the one of my most favorite calls, Vern Lundquist by George the Dream is alive. Fantastic. That is a great call. That a boy, Vern. By George. Lucid Vern Lundquist. So That's I was I two for four, you for one for four, and I said Gutterwater Brown for favorite. And you said that, what was your best line of that segment? You had a good one on Summer or something. It was a good segment. It was better than the, uh, the regular was. kind that of was. That was. weird yeah. thing that we usually do. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I, I was a fan of it. Best work by Trey on the podcast so far. Still, yeah. two coming next week. Still not quite what Mr. Jenny's brought to the table, I didn't think. I, and I think that's a pretty safe that's take fair. to make. That's yes. fair. Safe take to make right there. One's a Naismith Award winner, and one dresses up as Waldo. <laughs> one, resembles <a> Ticon- <laughs> one resembles a Ticonderoga pencil by his own admission. <laughs> All right, well, what do we got tomorrow? I've already forgot. Preview, crazy coach. Uh, yeah, crazy coach. We got ETSU. Four quarters. Four quarters. ETSU versus uh, North, North Carolina. Carolina AT. And this list, the top 100 and 351 coaches. Steve Forbes. Next, tomorrow. Set of Zyphia.